0: that first thing you need to do the very first thing once you're clear on what you're trying to do is is commit Um, because a lot of people try to figure out things and put the details in place and who's going to do what and where they're going to get the money for this and and really none of that will happen unless you commit first and so the biggest lesson I think that I've learned in my career and starting businesses and anything that I've started is commitment like that decision has to be made that you're all in burn ships and then everything else falls into place after that.
1: Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of the Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's built several businesses, the seven and eight figure companies, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with patents and trademarks. And today we have another great guest on the episode, and I'm going to call him Mike Searock because I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, but uh, Mike has a, uh, is currently running a large division of a national lender. Also is uh, running a business called uh, People Building. And uh, before that, he kind of started out in what would be, you know, a rougher home Kind of had, you know, different, and I'll let you dive into a little bit more maybe what that means. Um, went off to high school and did college and was in the restaurant industry for a, bit, or a period of time. Then went to real estate. Then went into mortgages. And uh, after that, he was. Uh, when I think you were said that uh, you were uh, as a as a side note. Um, as a kid, you were. Your dad told you to to you. Or you uh, told your dad you. You have to. Now I'm slaughtering the uh, the story. But you were 11 years old. You said your your dad. Uh, he didn't want to, you didn't want to live with him anymore. And so he threw you a hundred dollar bill and uh, said, "Here's here you go. Go live out on the streets with your mom." Type of a thing. So. Lots of interesting things leads up to where you're at today with uh, with your company. I'll let you dive into a bit more. So as much as I slaughtered the intro, we're hopefully did a good job. Welcome onto the podcast, Mike.
0: Hey, no worries, Devin. No worries, man. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to share with your audience my story uh, because what I found with my story recently in the last year or so is that it's inspiring people for some reason. And uh, as ordinary as it is to me, but I want to share that with you. And I'm glad to be here. Thank you.
1: Yeah, well, fun to have you on. So I gave a brief introduction, but uh, let, let's have you embellish a little bit more and tell us a little bit more about your journey.
0: Yeah, so currently I am working with Nations Lending, which is a, a home loan company, fifty states. Um, I have the Mid Atlantic region with my my forty person team, and uh, also Miami. Mm. And uh, you know that's our vehicle to to make money and bring you know obviously pay the bills and what have you. But at the end of the day, I was waking up unfulfilled just doing mortgages. And a couple of years ago, you know, just something wasn't right. And I just kept feeling, feeling this like calling to to speak, to mm-hmm. share, to coach. And I, I, I couldn't get it out of my head. So I, I'll tell you a quick story. I called a, I called a buddy of mine who has a successful speaking company and he runs seminars and what have you. And I actually didn't call him. I uh, sent him a message and I said, hey, man, I'm having this urge that I need to get out and speak and I need to do this and uh, coach or what have you. And he just sent back this thing and said, Grow your following. That's all he said. And I thought he was going to mentor me, like or, like offer to mentor me or something. I'm like, dude, you, you got to be kidding me. Grow my following. I don't even know how to do that. Like, what are you talking about? So uh, what happened after that was I ran into Grant Cardone. I don't know if you're familiar with the 10X movement. I started following him and being immersed in his content and found out that really the only thing stopping salespeople and businesses is that people don't know who they are. And I started getting obsessed with, okay, wait a minute. If I want to do something, I got to get known. I got to get out of obscurity. How can I do that? Right. And I could think about doing it on the local level. Now our mortgage business, we, we would call real estate agents to try to get them to send them, send their business to us, send their clients to us. And that's on the local level. But I started thinking to myself, how can we go beyond that? And why don't we just go for global? Right. I'm like, I don't, it's, there's gotta be a way. So, uh, you know, from there, I just started thinking about going on podcasts and then created my own podcast. And sharing my story. And from there, it just blew up. Within a year, people from all over the world were reaching out to me, wanting to come on the show, saying that they heard the show. And I was just blown away by the whole thing. It's like, it's it's the craziest thing. So I'm sure you've had some of these experiences since you launched your podcast where you're like, how did they hear it? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, now, it also,
1: I think that's a great intro almost to where you're at today. So now let's take your journey back in time and lead up to where you got to, where you're trying to grow your following and reaching out, but maybe give kind of that backstory or that history a bit, kind of leading yeah. up to it.
0: Yeah, so when I first started telling the story, by the way, I'm like, one, embarrassed kind of by it. Now, I'm not anymore, but I was embarrassed. I, I felt it was ordinary. Who cares? But I also underestimated the power to inspire millions and millions of people with it. So I came from a broken home and and basically uh, decided to live with my dad for three years from the time I was eight to 11. Now, when I tell this story, I'm not trying to bash my dad by any means. I don't know what was going on. I don't know the whole story. Um, As a kid, you only know what you know. But I want to share this because of the impact that it has. Um, So basically decided to live there for three years. And there was a lot of psychological and and emotional abuse that went on. Uh, A lot of the conflict trickled down to me taken out on me and my brothers and sisters. And uh, I just felt like it wasn't an environment conducive to happiness and growing as a child. And so at 11, I decided coming back from my mom's house one day after being there on the weekend, my stomach would get in knots. I felt uneasy and anxious every time I'd have to go back to my dad's house. My mom recognized it and asked me about it. And I said, this is what's going on. I was afraid to tell you because I didn't know how it would be taken. And I did not know if anybody would believe me. She said, no, 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 no. She goes. you're not supposed to live like that. That's not normal. Like that's not the way things are supposed to be. And I I can get you out of there, but you need to, if I do this, I have to go through the courts. You're going to have to stick to your guns. When you believe in something in life, she told me, I remember this to this day and it's helped me to this day. You're going to have to stick to your guns. You need to really understand that when you believe in something, people are going to try to talk you out of it. They're going to try to make you see things their way. Uh, if you're advancing, they're going to be, uh, threatened by that. And they're going to try to pull you back. You got to stick to your guns. So I said, all right, I'll stick to my guns. So I came home from school one day, Devin, and I saw my dad had a legal envelope and I'm like, oh man, this is the time that I've been like, like dreading. Hmm. He said, go back to your room. So I went back there and I sat there on my bed for about five minutes, probably. (laughs) It felt like five hours. And he finally comes back and, you know, keep in mind, my dad was my hero he was a mason. He had his own masonry business laying brick and block, pouring concrete, had big forearms and always had rough hands. And I looked up to him for as you know, hard worker as he was, he was always working and, you know, and we had it well. And he always had this wide a hundred dollar bills in his pocket with a rubber band around it. And I always looked up to him for that. I thought it was cool. He used to flash it. So when he read the paper to me and said, I, you know, it says here you want to move back with your mom. Is that true? And I said, yeah, that's uh that's true. And he's like, well, you know, they don't really have it that well there. You know, you got everything you need here. What, like, why would you want to? I said, listen, I'm, I'm not really open to discuss this. I'm, I'm, I made my decision. And he said, okay, that's the case. And he takes that wad of $100 bills out that I was looked up to him for, peels one off, crumples it up and throws it at me. And that's when he said, here, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day then. And uh, that's, that's an 11-year-old kid sitting there, his hero, mm. throwing in the towel on him, and so, you know, Devin, I'm pretty strong-willed, stubborn, you might say, individual, which can be a strength and a weakness. And I thought to myself at that moment, I'm not, that ain't going to happen. I'm not letting you win. I'm not, that's not going to happen. And number two, I can't be the only one in this situation. Remember, I thought this was an ordinary life. I didn't know any different. So I thought, man, there's got to be other people out there that this is happening to. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to show people that you can go through something like this and be given up on and, and still thrive. Mm. And so uh, that's what I've been driving off of my whole life, subconsciously, most of it, Hmm. and recently became aware.
1: One question on that. So, you you know, not left it vaguely, but so you you got the, you know, you you threw the $100 bill out here through the, you know, told you, you'll need this when you're living on the street. So did you not be insensitive? Did you end up living on the street? What happened? Was it a good situation? Was it better? Did you enjoy life or kind of maybe just fill in that real quick?
0: Yeah. So uh, I had to live there in an awkward situation, which has served me till this day for, I don't know how long months, because of course the courts had to do what they had to do. And you can imagine after making that decision, being in the house as awkward as it was, you know, already. Mm -hmm. And with my stepmom and everything, it was, it was difficult. And, you know, I I look back and I'm like, man, that's great that I went through that because now I can handle anything. I don't get nervous about anything as far as awkward situations or I'm built for whatever it takes to get to in business, anything. So, uh, at, when I did leave though, I ended up going to my mom's and she married a new guy named George. George was my stepfather. He didn't have any kids of his own at the time. And he took me in like his own. Mm. And basically there's one thing I always remember that he always taught me is do good. Good things happen. Do bad, bad things happen. Mm. And if you follow that, you'll be good in life. And so I always, I always look back on that and remember that he showed up to my ball games as a kid. He, he was always there. He wasn't the best with money. He didn't have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, he could stretch a dollar a long ways, but so the financial literacy thing wasn't there necessarily, but what was there was how to be a man Mm -hmm. and what, how to do things the right way. So people respect you. And he taught me respect. So luckily at that age, I had that. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, so I never know. I never lived on the streets. We lived in a house that was probably a $30,000 house. Um, so it wasn't like, you know, uh, yeah, like where I came from, but.
1: So now you, now you fast forward. So you, you went through that as a kid, came out stronger because of it. Then I think you all went off to high school and college, came out of that and and went into the restaurant business. Is that kind of- Yeah, like- I dropped out of
0: college uh, after I played two years of college football. And after I got done playing college football, after a couple of concussions, I just, I just lost my interest and in engagement for school. So I dropped out with a 4.0 uh, and went into the restaurant business and thought I was going to be Tom Cruise and Cocktail and uh ended up getting after a year or so just getting burnt out went to sales business in-home sales learned how to close deals handle objections um closing that night and built my my uh sales game Mm -hmm. and was doing that for nine years and then before that after that i ended up in the the real estate world where that's how i ended up into the mortgages and stuff so so um,
1: when you went Originally into the restaurant business, what made you decide, hey, we're, I'm going to get out or I'm going to go into the sales business or what caused, caused that transition this is the first step of your, or that step of your journey?
0: Yeah. So I had a mentor, uh, his name was Joe. Um, he used to come into my restaurant all the time and he had a water treatment business and they would go yeah. into homes and test people's water and show them, you know, if their water had problems, they could show them how to fix it. And that's what I got into. And he said, hey man, you, you'd be good at this job. Why don't you come to my office one day and I'll go over the details and see if you want to do it. And I just got tired of the restaurant business and hustling for tips and was looking for something else to make some money. And, uh, that's, that's how I got into that. And then Joe ended up to be a a business mentor to this day. So that was 1998. So what's that? 22 years. Um, I've been, I've had Joe, you know, as a mentor, I don't talk to him as much anymore. He moved out of town, but, uh, but, but he guided me into the mortgage business and building my mortgage company, um, to where it is today. And, Uh, At some point though, by the way, Devin, I think that you can have mentors in your life, but at some point you need to understand that your mentor will at some point be all giving you all that they can and you got to go and find another mentor that take you to the next stage. And that's what I've done uh, with Grant Cardo.
1: So you did that. So went from, if I were to summarize, went from the restaurant business, went into sales, went into real estate and then got into mortgages. And that's kind of where you're at today. And then the other thing that you kind of have, or you're going in parallel to that, or also doing side hustle, full time hustle, or whatever you want to call it, is the uh, the Mike C, or the searock.com So maybe kind of give us a bit of a how did that get started? What's the mission, and how did you you know is that is that play into mortgages? Is it a, a platform to leverage it? Is it a different passion, or kind of how did how did you default or come into that?
0: So we build our people in our organization. I think we have around 40 employees right now. And every day we're constantly working on building our people on communication skills, relationships, emotional response. We call proactive resiliency, financial literacy. We grow our people. And so I wanted to get out of that just in that small area and go global with that because I see the benefit of what it's done for our company. So uh, I started the podcast to start getting people to share their stories with us and then interviewing successful people, asking them questions about people building. And we started a company called people building and we're basically creating digital platforms and apps and uh, in-person coaching, group coaching, masterminds, things like that to teach companies how to build their people and focus on their people and stabilize their foundation and then grow astronomically by building their people. So that's how that happened. And so it's not really a side hustle. It's actually part of what I already do. And I figured while I'm doing it for the mortgage business, we might as well take it out into the into the world and really focus on uh, and doing that. By the way, I got a mentor, like I said, and I believe in if you find somebody that's done something that works, just follow their blueprint. Mm.
1: No, I agree. Follow and then maybe build on that blueprint exactly. and expand it or to adjust it to where you're at. So, well, awesome. Well, that's a fun story to tell. So now... Now, it was, as with every episode, we always have a couple of questions I ask at the end, so we'll jump to those now. So first question I always ask is, so what was the worst, within your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made, and what did you learn from it?
0: And so my first answer to that, or first first thought to that question would be like some of the times we lost money that we spent or invested in things or hires that we made, but those are all lessons that help us going forward. So I, I don't think that I regret those things and think that they're the you know, worst business decision. I think that the worst thing is not doing what I'm doing now sooner, which is investing into ourselves, investing into our people, building and spending money, uh, lots of money and not being scared to do that because we didn't, we didn't have the confidence before to replace the money. Mm. And so now we have the confidence that like, if we spend money, you know, if I spend a hundred grand on something, I know, and if it doesn't work, the worst case scenario is I lose a hundred grand and I'll go get more. So that, I, I think that's the biggest mistake that I didn't do that sooner.
1: No, I, that, make, that makes perfect sense. So made that mistake. Now let's jump to the second question, which is, so somebody is just getting into startups, just getting into small businesses. What would be the one piece of advice you'd give them?
0: Uh, you know, it's easy to, well, I mean, it's not easy. It's, it's hard to give one piece. I would say <laughs> that the first thing you need to do the very first thing, once you're clear on what you're trying to do is, is commit. Um, because a lot of people try to figure out things and put the details in place and who's going to do what and where they're going to get the money for this. And, and really none of that will happen unless you commit first. And so the biggest lesson I think that I've learned in my career and starting businesses and anything that I've started is commitment. Like that decision has to be made that you're all in, burn ships and then everything else falls into place after that.
1: No, I think that's a great uh, that's a great piece of advice and certainly something for people to l- learn from. Now, as we as we wrap up, so people want to get a hold of you, they want to get in touch with you, they want to learn more about you know buy real estate from you, they want to learn more about your your journey, what you've done, um, get inspired, any or all of the above. Listen to your podcast. Everything. What's the best way to reach out and connect
0: with you? I'm a big Instagram guy. So if you guys are on Instagram, go to Mikey Searock, M I K E Y C R O C, Mikey Searock, at Mikey Searock. Mikey and then my website's the Mike Searock, the Searock.com. Check it out. I got a book coming out, Devin, by the way. Uh, it's called Rocket Fuel. Man, let me tell you something. When you get into this book, you're going to be so fired up and juice stuffed, ready to go. Um, I'm, I'm sharing my stories in there. Some of the stuff I already share with you, but like a lot of stories that I've been around a lot of broken people and how I handled that and how I converted things into rocket fuel so that I could show people the formula to take their life into, into another world. That's coming out by the way, at the end of this year. So you'll get information on that on Instagram and my website.
1: Awesome. Well, I certainly encourage people to check out the bug, check out your podcast, see everything that everything you have going on and, and go from, and, you know, do all of that. Well, Mike, thank you for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you listeners, if you're a listener and you'd like to come on and tell your journey, feel free to go to inventivejourneyguest.com and we're always uh, happy to hear the journeys of, uh, of everybody as you uh, get your startups and your small businesses up and going. If, you, uh, if you're a listener, make sure to click subscribe as um, so you can get this episode and all the new episodes as they come out. And lastly, if you ever need help with patents or trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at uh, Miller IP Law. Well, thanks again, Mike. It's been fun to have you on. It's been a pleasure. Um, if you uh, And wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last.
0: Thanks, Devin. I appreciate you having me, man. If there's anything I can ever do to help you out, reach out, okay?
1: Will do.